Hey, welcome to In The Shift, a podcast for when life and faith go off script. My name is Michael Frost. Welcome in to what will be the final episode of 2023 for In The Shift. And look, if you are not binge listening all of these all at once, although I know there are a bunch of you who have stumbled into the podcast and, and done that, if you're someone who's tracking along like episode to episode, you will have noticed that there has been somewhat of a break since the last one. And rather than just sort of um, say, sorry about that, uh, what we thought we'd do today, and Shane Meyer Holt joins me again for this episode, uh, is to reflect on why there's been a break, what's been going on in our lives, and how that has intersected with the work that we've been trying to do, and so on. So what follows is, I guess, a, a rather wide-ranging, very unstructured um, chat with Shane and myself. And we talk about, in particular, some of the acute and chronic uh, pressures that uh, Shane has been experiencing in his own life and situation. Um, and so we dive into that and explore that a little bit, and, and I reflect a little bit on, on mine also. And we kind of talk in the midst of all of that about what it means to do this kind of work and the, the tendency within certain spaces to almost mirror the, um, like, you know, uh, for example, you know, people looking after burnt out folk who then burn out. Um, and what we have been very intentional about within the shift is that we don't want this to be that kind of space. Uh, and so we're interested in sustainability, not just in theory and in lovely ideas, but in practice. And so we talked today a little bit about all of that and hustle culture and capitalism and um, and a bunch of stuff related to um, to our lives and where they're at. And then what we kind of move into is an exploration of our friendship over a long period of time, the various forces of pain and vulnerability that we've experienced, sometimes in ways that have not matched one another, have been kind of the inverse situations of one another. We talk about... Uh, Shane and his family's journey with uh, a kid who's um, neurodivergent and uh, presents a lot of complexity uh, for them. Uh, we talk about my family's journey of infertility that was kind of happening concurrently and how we journey that together as a friendship. And we talk a bit about male friendship within this as well and vulnerability and the space for some of that. And that all weaves together to reflect also on how our openness in some respects to to vulnerability and pain and suffering and empathy have shaped then the way we think theologically about our spirituality and about our faith and how that's oriented our path uh, alongside one another in many respects. So this is, a, I guess, a, this is the least structured episode of, episode of In The Shift, I think, that has ever been done. It's just a, a long, winding conversation. <laughs> Shane and I are having a couple of drinks. I was in Melbourne. Uh, last week and so got a chance to spend some time and have this conversation right at the end of that week and so you, as you'll hear it's pretty I think raw and honest and uh, just kind of where things are at for for us and how we've been processing stuff so yeah that's kind of what follows so if you're up for that then uh, settle in for a for a winding conversation between Shane and myself uh, there's a couple of things to say I guess before the end of this year and one is just to say a big thank you to all the patrons who support In The Shift or who have in supported it In The Shift for, you know, a small or a long period of time over the past couple of years in particular. Uh, some people who have supported it from very, very early on, from maybe for four or, four or five years or so. I uh, have such deep gratitude for all of those who 
have helped to and continue to help to make this a sustainable thing for 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 me, for us that help sort of pay all of the costs that come with podcast hosting uh, and also just provide a little bit of breathing room to be able to make this a part of our regular life most of the time, unless, uh, as you'll hear today, life demands something else from us. So, um, so yeah, so deeply grateful to all of those who, who contribute. Really grateful to the many people who uh, send in their reflections, their thoughts, their stories, their questions, uh, and even when we can't get to them all, uh, we read them all. And yeah, so um, I'm always so moved by um, the way in which the conversations we're holding here somehow find their way out there to so many of you and that something resonates for you and you're able to unfold some of your story back to us and that, that, is, a, that is a distinct privilege and one which I don't take lightly. So thank you for being willing to share uh, and, and offer all of the things that you do to us. This is a it's a beautiful kind of thing. Oh look, I'm, I'm getting sentimental. It must be nearly Christmas. Uh, so, so yeah, that's I guess the thing to say there. We're going to be back within the shift in the new year. Uh, so we'll take a little summer hiatus and uh, recoup, and then we're going to be back in 2024 with more conversations about what I hope will be interesting, uh, fun, important things related to life and spirituality and faith and thinking through what it means to be human in the beautiful and terrible world in which we live. So, um, so yeah, that's, that's going to be us. So all that leaves me to say for the final time this year is, this is episode 87 of In The Shift. Let's get into it. Shane. Hello. There you are. All the way over there. If you reached uh, our feet out, we could touch each other. Not even virtually. Not even virtually. We're in the same room, aren't we? Yeah, it's pretty yeah. nice. It's nice. Yeah. I'm in Melbourne. You are. Have did been. we do this last time you were in Melbourne? I, I we, we did. did. Yes. Yeah. Was that a year, a year ago? Maybe? It was nearly a year and a half ago. Wow. It was July last year. We're breaking records because there's usually much bigger gaps in between seeing each other than this. Well, your COVID had something to do with that, didn't it? Mm, sure did. Some people might have heard of that. Mm-hmm. Mini. Yes. Um, nice to have you. Thanks. Welcome to my lounge room. Welcome back. Thank you. Yeah. Yes. You may be the podcast host, but I am the home host. So. You are. This is how we're equalizing power dynamics. Live. No gift basket in the room when I arrived. <laughs> I did make one and I ate it all. Because <laughs> I love fruit conserves and those breads, those weird breadsticks. Oh, the weird breadsticks. That with no this. one ever eats. No, nobody likes the breadsticks. No. Um, how, we've, we've had a week, haven't we? <laughs> I'll tell you what. <laughs> yeah, uh, a week. We've had a week together. Yeah. And it's been a week of, of times. It's been a week. Um, we've well, let's get the important thing out of the way first. Mm. Toasties. We've had a great lineup of toasties. So many good yeah. toasties. Um, can I just say? Can I speak to your initial skepticism of the broccoli and quark toasty? Yes, that you are now a firm believer. That's in. true. Yeah, it's a good toasty. You described it to me, and I thought. Actually, I, I did a quick, in my mind, mm. review of our 15-year or so friendship. 
and of the number of times you've been enthusiastic about something, as is your tendency, mm-hmm. and I've been sceptical of something, as is my tendency. Yes. <laughs> and uh, the percentage of times that you've been correct in relation it's to a pretty food. Good, it's a pretty it's a pretty, good hit rate. It's a high percentage hit rate. Yeah. And so although I nothing about it sounded good. Mm-hmm. And look, I wasn't like I didn't entirely sell it, did I? Because I said it, it has broccoli in it and some weird cheese. Yeah, some quark, weird cheese. Quark. I think we'll have trust me, you. it's good and hot sauce. It's got hot sauce. Yes. Yeah. Happy to report, mm-hmm. outstanding, tasty. Yes. Yep. You've had many taste explosions in your mouth this week. If you were to <laughs> phrase it like that, <laughs> that's that's true. Yeah. Yes, I I have. Um, it's been a number of. Um, Food experiences that mm-hmm. have been transformative. Yeah, I mean, an encounter with transcendence. I would say there are transcendent moments in the way that you, many of them, you've paused, closed your eyes, and then taken very slow chews of to fully immerse yourself in the flavors. Yes, particularly the the, the one that I think that really surprised you was the leatherwood honey salted on Japanese milk bread, baked into a tacky texture. It's hard to explain. Look, I don't often say this about even about food. And even I, about food. I do like food, but that was an orgasmic experience. <laughs> it was. <laughs> yep. But a quick change of pants later and we we're back on our way. That's right. Mm. So yeah, we've we've um we've eaten, we've mm-hmm. drunk, we've been um full in uncomfortable ways on <laughs> at least two occasions. Oh, yes. <laughs> so so we uh we had arranged um we'll tell you about our care situation in a minute but uh we had arranged for one evening out and uh it was great because we had it was 6:30 when we got to leave the house we got this is going to be our big bonanza of many stops and things and we thought we'd get a drink and then dinner and then another drink afterwards and uh by the time we got left we were like we are a little bit hungry so just get a drink at the restaurant and then we'll do a drink afterwards and then we ordered some kind of like feed me menu with so much food that we got to the end of it and then looked at each other in the eye and said, I don't think I can sit comfortably at another place. <laughs> I, I felt, home. yeah, no, I felt bad for whatever place we would have gone to. Because yep. it, <laughs> Indeed. Yes. Would have gone around. and sat down and sat there for an hour to recover before we nursing, could have ordered Nursing anything. one drink because yeah, yeah. we're going to take small sips. Yeah. 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 We didn't feel particularly young when we got home to the uh, – wonderful person who was caring for my children yes that evening and uh they were like oh it's only 8 30 i thought you guys said you might be a little bit late and we're like we're still cool shut up <laughs> now everybody give me some space yes <laughs> i need to go and sit down yeah hmm. yeah so look that, that's been, been that's been the good parts isn't it mm. well some of the good parts of this week um yes now attentive listeners Shifties, if you will, <laughs> of the of the podcast, uh, will be aware that they probably wake up every morning and they think to themselves, Ooh. "Another episode out today." Yeah, check um, Spotify again. Yeah, yeah, and will have noticed that for a, for a little bit longer than usual, uh, there's been an absence <laughs> even for of, us. Even for us, there's been an absence of episodes. So, should we chat a bit about that? Yeah, I think we've probably probably a good idea. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So, because I think where we left off was we had been talking about experience. Mm. And then we had, I said many wise things. Mm-hmm. We uh, promised a few things. We promised some upcoming episodes. Sure did. And we opened some cans of worms <laughs> and we said, well, we're going to dive into those. Yeah. That'll be great. And then uh, and then we didn't. And then here we are. Yeah, here we are. Here we are. It's nearly January. 
Uh, do you want to talk a bit about your side yeah. of that? Yeah, yeah. Look, I'd be no responsibility because it's not my podcast. I'm just a, I'm just a, I'm just a. Hey, an, don't start backing out now. An occasional guest, but um, yeah, no, we've been through a bit of a time. We uh, we we have a um, a challenging home life that we haven't really talked about in the podcast before, have we? No, not because we've really. I'm not particularly guarded about it or anything. It's just kind of never really been central to the conversation. And yeah, and again, because it's not, not my podcast, I uh, do not to center such things. But um, yeah, we have a um, our, we have two boys, a seven year old and a four year old, and our seven year old is uh, ASD level two, so he's on the autism spectrum, and um, has um, some other comorbidities which make life very very complex for him and make um, his support needs. Incredibly, <laughs> incredibly high, and increasingly high as he gets older and older. Mm. Um, and uh, yeah, people kind of often ask about the things that we do and the projects and the different stuff. <laughs> and the reality is, is about ninety percent, maybe ninety-seven percent of my life energy is just spent, um, yeah, with my wife holding this family together and mm. tending to those um, rather overwhelming at times needs mm. of this family um, and trying to keep everyone. Safe, and that's not just metaphorical. <laughs> um, and healthy, and having the most flourishing life possible to them. But this last few months has been the last couple of years have been exceptionally hard, um, and the last two or three months have been unbearably difficult for us as a family. Um, and it just meant that lots of things have had to be put on hold, um, and some things have been chipped away at in the background, and so. Yeah, podcasting. I think the last time we kind of talked about it, and I actually love um, this stuff and study and different stuff around family. Not because it replaces it, but because in some pretty difficult um, and draining situations, it provides another thing that gives me life, so that my life isn't just hard home stuff. Um, and so it's actually usually kind of like a really nice addition. Um, that doesn't take away from my contribution to family and stuff like that. But uh, it got to the point where even that was just a bit like, oh, like it's a, it was a bit it was a bit much to um to tack on another episode in the middle of everything. Mm. I'd already put my thesis, which was due a couple of weeks ago, on hold, <laughs> uh, and was dealing with a bunch of um, NDIS, which is kind of the um, support system over here for families um, with people for people with disabilities. Um, I had to do a lot of work on that. So yeah, I'd put, I'd kind of like just decided that my thesis was just going to be as good as it was going to be. <laughs> uh, and I had to really like emphasize, um, really um, hone in on this stuff. So yeah, I'm actually just going to pause for a moment here because I realized Rory the cat is about to jump out an open window that he's not allowed to jump out. Okay. Otherwise I'll never get him back inside okay. and he'll end up fighting wolves and foxes. Quickly, quickly Rory. Crisis averted. See, another crisis averted. So yeah, like when it came to kind of podcasting and stuff, it was just like, yeah, normally I've kind of got the capacity to squeeze something in somewhere, but I did not have any brain power mm -hmm. <laughs> whatsoever. Yeah. Yeah, and talking to you on the phone um, became apparent that that, <laughs> that, uh, <laughs> that that brain power wasn't, no, that doesn't sound, doesn't sound right, does it? That, uh, no, no, that you I just, didn't, that you didn't that have, my brain power was severely diminished. That you just yeah, had, no, that would be correct. You did not have the capacity at this nah, time. Nah. Um, and, you know, a thesis in the middle of all of that mm. is a massive thing to be navigating. It's not It's not nothing. No, it's not. So well done on completing that. Yeah, thanks. It's in. 
which is good. We'll talk about yeah. the content of that another time. Yeah, we should. Yeah, I think. Yeah, that'd be good. I think people might not hate it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they might actually hate <laughs> the content, but um, yeah, the themes quite important, I think. Yeah. Yes. I love how, uh, how different this is to like if we were an American podcast and you were talking about your thesis. Mm. I think people might not hate it would not be the way you'd, you'd approach <laughs> no, it. You would no. be like, this is going to change your life. is groundbreaking stuff. Yeah, so that's a lot, Shane. Mm. And mm. Um, in so my, I talked to you about a week ago when you we had already we had this this visit was supposed to be my of I've, I've gone on long service leave, I've finished my thesis, I hopefully have wrapped up all the work I need to do for the NDIA stuff, and then we were going to really relax. <laughs> and I gave you a packed phone call about a week before to say uh, you can either come and co-parent with me for a week or. Uh, if you don't have energy to really dive in and roll your sleeves up, that might be might be a good idea not to come because it might destroy you. But you did, and I'm eternally grateful for that. It's been good to be here. Yeah. And uh, now, um, I suppose the the flip side of that for me um, at this juncture of the year is, I think, in the first instance, it's like okay. Um, We've got these conversations Shane and I are going to have. So I'll give him another few days and see if he's things have <laughs> straightened out. Because, you know, there are, there are ups and downs yeah. that you've been on through this journey Absolutely. for, for years. Absolutely, lows, yeah. Right, yeah. Whereas this, this last couple of months, as you said, has been particularly dire. Yeah. Um, and then I was kind of like, okay, do I have the, the what do I have to just, <laughs> if I was going to then go about something, which, you know, because I've done plenty of in the shift just mm. my, myself mm. right, over the years. The good ones. Yeah, yeah, the best okay. ones, the people, the ones that people really <laughs> yeah. rave about, yeah. um, are just the ones I do by myself. Before it went yeah. downhill, um, but in my own way, and through an entirely different and not at all as intense set of circumstances, I think I had just, um, I had a publication due as well, right about the same time as your thesis was due, actually, which um, which required significant attention. So that was one thing that I was dealing with. And then the other thing I suppose was I just re- I kind of realized that I had um, to some extent run out of gas a little bit. Mm. Um, not entirely. I wasn't burning out or, mm. or anything like that. But there were just little signs to me that um, – so if you've emailed me in the last couple of months, for example, <laughs> with your story, which I like appreciate so much, mm. um, and the stories are worth responding to with, with generosity care. and kindness and yeah. care, right? Yeah. Um, and yet, the, my inbox state suggests I have not been replying to people with with not. I've been replying with unkindness. I just haven't been <laughs> able to reply. Right? I haven't told anyone to get lost. <laughs> no, you loser. You think no. that's a sad story? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, not um, bad. And so, so to me, that's just a little sign that I was a, because that's not normal for me. Is just to just to not be able to reply yeah. to people when they message yeah. me. Um, and so that's not to say don't message me. Um, no, no, because we read, we, like we both yeah, yeah. read everything yeah, that yeah. comes in yeah. and like I have so many thoughts and I'm the same. Like I, I I could theoretically post things on Instagram and I often auto-reply to emails in my head that I don't have time to like actually write out. Yeah. But um, yeah, you don't want to do a half-ass job That's of right, someone's yeah. very generous story. Yeah. Um, but you also, if you don't have time to give it, what it deserves and you end up a bit stuck. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so that was kind of an indication to me amidst some of the other stuff that mm. we've sort of been dealing with and partners had a 
challenging kind of work scenario play out this year, which has had quite an impact. And so yeah, there's just there's there's been that kind of pile up. And I think even um, the last you know eighteen months to two years of in the shift toll, eh, has taken a toll yeah. for us. Yeah, I think in terms of yeah. the kind of weighty conversations we've been having here. Mm. Uh, the number, just the volume of stories we've heard from mm. people, and and what it's like to sit with that, um, start- and the kick on st- the kick on stuff around it as well, and that like we we get regularly contacted by people who want to talk and process and chat stuff through, who live in our cities and stuff. Mm. Because Foot's kind of being semi attacked by our tripod cat at the moment, yes, which um is not long for this world. No, it's not long no, for this house. For this she's, house, the cat. Is- <laughs> she's the uh, three legged cat that broke the camel's back, and so she's gone and live with some other lovely people. Um, if she makes it through the night because she's ruining Michael's podcast by scratching some cane <laughs> basket. <laughs> oh, she's got the message. Good. Yeah. Yeah. But um, but yeah, like I mean, there's also lots of other conversations that happen around yeah. the yeah, stuff yeah. that are kind of related to it in the shift, you know, where people want to process stuff. Mm-hmm. I think I, I don't know if I've mentioned this, but we end up in a lot of, also end up in a lot of secret chats, yes. secret conversations of, of ministers and theologians and church leaders and people who um, have deep concerns about various things and, and, and really resonate with what we're talking about, but have no one else to talk about mm-hmm. and, and they're not allowed to tell anyone that they think these things. And yes. so we end up in a lot of kind of private conversations of people saying, begun to wonder about the gays um, or deconstruction yeah. Yeah. or coercive leadership mm. or the various things mm. as well. So, yeah, there's a bit of work around it, isn't there? Yeah. yeah, and I think I've also been, I think, like adjusting to the new reality of kind of because of the way in which... Being a minor celebrity? No. Oh, sorry. Well, no, but um, not at all. But in which you sort of do come to be looked to by just... or. You, you come onto the radar of just a, a much higher volume of people than yeah, I've experienced yeah. in the past in my life, yeah, you know. Yeah. And um, and then it itself is kind of just something to adjust to and kind of make sense of and and, and figure out. Yeah, especially of. when like that's not the intention of this thing. Yes. Is to kind of like accrue. <coughs> yeah. Like the way, that, the way you do this well is to sacrifice everything else to make sure you keep pushing content at all times because that's the way this – if, you, if you're trying to grow something, that's the way it works. Yeah. Um, but this is not really an ego project for either of us, I don't think. And like, yeah, I think sustainability has been at the core of it. And if we're talking about leading flourishing lives and sustainable lives and sustainable theology and spirituality and stuff like that, like I think, yeah, like in the shift has just kind of hit our limit for the moment of like what we are able to do in a healthy way mm. without throwing our family under the bus and without throwing the, the other stuff that we care about and and, our, and even our own well-being. Of course, God, yeah. yeah, we're not willing to push ourselves beyond what we have capacity for at the moment and, you know, it's a long road, you know. Yeah, and I think, you know, it's, this that's one thing we wanted to we – got, we've got a few just sort of meandering thoughts to chat together about tonight mm. while we – Drink beverages. Mm. Uh, so we'll see where this goes. This conversation is definitely going to go downhill as the evening goes on. This is, and we do have some yummy things. We do have <laughs> things to drink, and this is the least uh, organised, structured um, chat we'll we'll have yes. had. It's true uh, for in the shift, but um, it's interesting to reflect on on like this dynamic or this expectation. Um, because there is kind of an all or nothing mentality in many respects that, you know, I noticed at first when when lockdown hit, um, I had a number of people 
saying almost quite enthusiastically to me as I was, because my wife was working uh, at the hospital through all the lockdowns and so just at home with the little mate trying to juggle all the the two or three jobs that I had at the time, <laughs> and plus parenting um, a one-year-old in that first kind of year. Easy peasy. Easy peasy. Yeah. They're very rational at that age, I've heard. Yeah. Can just look after themselves for extended periods yes. of time. Uh, and, and lots of people being like, this must be a great time to just be because you're home all the time, you can just get loads of content out, and lots of people are uh, at home wanting to listen to things, so this is a, it's a good time to kind mm. of make it really fly, you know? And And me just being like... Uh, nope. <laughs> no, that is not that time. And so you know, if you if you followed in the shift during that time or or whatever, pretty sporadic. Um, you know, it was, yeah, it was super mm. sporadic. Mm. During, every time a lockdown hit, it became super sporadic. And that, in its own way, I think was me. I mean, there was a, there was a, the kind of capability issue in terms of like I don't even know where this kind mm. of fits and mm. um and how to make time for it. But I think if I had been um, committed to the kind of capitalist growth model that you should hustle yeah. at whatever you're doing, no matter mm. the cost, because mm. you've got to make this thing a success. Yeah. Then I would have tried to find a way to yeah. make it happen, make sure yeah. I kept coming out every fortnight as it was supposed to be coming out in my, yeah. in my sort of schedule that I'd created. And, mm. um, and I made a conscious decision that I wasn't going to pay the cost yeah. that I would have to pay in order for that to like yeah. happen. And it was a bit confusing. Well, it's not just you paying the cost; it's the thing, right? Like, yeah. like, like, yeah. And this kind of dips into my <laughs> dips into my thesis. But like, care, care is very expensive um, and very complex in many ways. For lots of people, it's a it's a a struggle between product productivity and care, and particularly for men, traditionally. Um, Achieving great things has often been at the cost of care. Care for your own self and your own body, care for your family. Someone else picking up care loads that you don't even realize exist because they're not really your problem. <laughs> and if you if you decide that your partner's life and your family's life and their well-being and their stuff to do is as important as your own stuff, then that changes the it changes the, the capacity of what you have to do because you can't if you choose not to just put those things aside mm. um, and make it someone else's problem because you're doing very important things, then it changes what's possible for you. Yeah, and the irony being that no one would ever know, <laughs> you know, like like most most people who have any kind of parasocial relationship with us, you know, like through the podcast, like don't know whether we're good dads or not and don't know whether we push our bodies too hard or not. Like, and my observation across, I guess, ministry life and business life and history is that most great things happen by people who aren't looking after very many people. <laughs> and that's kind of you can get a lot more done if you're not doing that stuff and that's not at all to say that everybody who's done great things hasn't cared for people and hasn't mm. committed to mm. that stuff but yeah. like real you know like say in my situation to be present with such complex needs and the amount of energy that that takes me 
it takes me 10 times as much energy as running a podcast would. You know, like, mm. yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, I think the the kind of, there would be a great irony, especially over the last, you know, when we started talking last mm. year in particular about how like these large institutions, or not just large, but these religious institutions like the ones we'd been a part of were burning through people and churning people out and, and using people up and yeah. pushing them to their limits and getting them to not pay attention to their bodies. And, yeah. And, um, yeah, there would be a great irony to like doing a podcast about that mm. and pushing through to do it no matter what the cost was. Absolutely. And, and I guess I think, <coughs> in thinking about it, sorry, Michael's developed a, um, yeah. in the last 10 minutes has developed a cough. I think you, you might, your body might actually be having a reaction to this conversation. producing content. Maybe. <laughs> might where be, it's come from. It might be saying no. Um, that cat. It might be that cat. <laughs> it's really a cat. Um, one of the things I guess we haven't really talked about that much, which is kind of an adjacent conversation, is how often in those systems families pay immense prices. Like yeah. where, and stereotypically wives, end up copying so much more of the family life and have to make sacrifices so that to make lead pastors available <laughs> and team members available, that families often spend huge chunks of time without access to their parents because of the demands of church life and stuff like that. And we haven't really talked about that. But yeah, again, irony if we were kind of <laughs> doing the same thing to talk about sustainability and flourishing lives, yeah. Yeah, so you can get like, um, you know, the the male business leader who gets celebrated at the church, <laughs> whatever it is, event for being mm. a tremendous donor or pillar in the community, yeah, while the partner and three kids are, you yeah. know, yeah, just having to figure it out themselves. Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah, absolutely. They're not on the fishing trips or playing golf or whatever. Trips. <laughs> and I think, you know, it makes me think about, in many respects, as we've tried to, I think, avoid doing that within the shift, right? So even in the last couple of months, it's like, okay, well, actually, yeah, we can't put it, something out right now. Yeah. And that's okay. Yeah. Um, and people, <laughs> I'm pretty sure everybody's coped. Pretty sure. I think their lives have carried on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I think an interesting it's thing. Hard to, it's hard to contemplate that people can live without us. Yeah. <laughs> that we're not everyone's total life guides <laughs> and, or every, and fount of every wisdom. Yes. Yeah. But it seems like everyone's humbling. doing okay. <laughs> 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 but it, it is interesting to me, even looking at like caring professions and stuff like that, too, of how, like, yeah. how often, whether that's in ministry contexts or in other contexts, like, you can have, I don't know, like the people looking after the burnt out people burning out in the way that mm. they're being asked to look after the burnt out yeah. people, you know, or like yeah. the way in which sometimes we mirror yeah. the very thing we're kind of yeah. sort of caring for or dealing with yeah. in the way we still refuse to acknowledge the systemic in it within yeah. our own way of caring. You know, and I think about justice that. Justice has to be whole of life. Yes. I, I, I work kind of adjacent to a lot of SEOs and not-for-profits and stuff and, and yeah, like those those places are hives of burnout. I've got a friend who works mm. in coaching not for profits in burnout culture mm. because of the same stuff that mm. we're dealing with in churches of a good cause, mm. highly motivated people, mm. never enough 
money and mm-hmm. budget and mm-hmm. funds, always more need available mm-hmm. and just the insane amount of burnout and staff turnover mm-hmm. and, yeah, means to an end logic that happens in those places. Close parallels. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, that's a really sort of you and I way of trying to describe what's been going on with why we yeah. haven't done a podcast in a couple of months, a, right? Yeah, it's been, a, it's Which been is, hectic. Is it, yeah, yeah it, life's been hectic, yours in particular. Um, mm. And what would it look like for us? And, you know, I, I'm not someone, from, I don't live in the business world and might be people who think this is naive or whatever. Mm. But I am interested in like, the question of what it would look like for us to not always just have to pay whatever price is necessary yeah. to keep the ball rolling down the hill or to, to yeah. keep the wheels of the machine turning mm. um, and just absorbing the impact into our own bodies. We were um, <clears throat> talking a, a little while ago actually about, oh look, we're already way off our very loose. Three. I'm I've so got, surprised. I've got three bullet points. I'm here. so anyway. surprised this has happened. I'm, <laughs> given 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 our conversations this week, in between jumping on the trampoline with children, um, I'm very surprised that we've managed to go on a tangent because it's all been very orderly. <laughs> um, but you know, we were talking a little while ago about how because in kind of in the religious tradition, you know, in Christian tradition, certainly like heaven was used as the kind of reward for being a good per- good boy or a good girl here, mm. right? A good mm. person here on earth. And in that sense, you know, Marx's critique of, of religion is the opiate of the masses because essentially mm. you, you stay well behaved and you'll get your reward in heaven one day. Yeah. And it's a way of keeping yeah. people in control mm. and towing the line. Yeah. But interestingly in like secular culture now in the West where the notion of heaven is certainly – much less popularized or mm. held to or used mm. in that kind of way, uh, yeah. uh, certainly outside of religious circles anyway. Yeah. Um, that so essentially. Status like, and prosperity have replaced it. Yeah, and retirement. And we talked, retirement. Remember we talked about retirement a little yeah, while we talked ago. talked a lot about retirement. Because this week. it's like yeah. we. Um, <laughs> yeah. How is this connected to what we're talking about? I'm sure it is in some way. No, it is because it's like as long as you just, you just bear the cost, absorb the cost into, into your, your body, body yeah. keep just grinding and hustling and, yeah. and making it happen. And then one, one day, day you'll get to go to the good place, yep. which in this case was re- just retirement. Yep. When you'll get to use all, you know, we get to you know reap the the benefit of yep. of being a good boy or a good girl or a good yep. person in in yep. um. And in the, the ultimate world. people who are, are people who retire early. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 yeah that's but then right. we've also talked a lot about retirement and care this week. Yes, and the way those structures work, and that when you prioritize productivity as the sole measure of the contribution of a life. Um, retirement for so many people. Their dream of retirement is travel and travel without care. So the kind of travel that means that you're not bound to um, any networks of care where you are holding and sustaining people, it's your chance to be absent from that. It's your chance to be totally free from all totally responsibility. Totally free from all responsibility, which is which is the capitalist dream. Yeah, yeah, of yeah. Of being yeah. totally free from all responsibility. Yeah. Um, and that is complex when you think about human history and the way in which mutual nurturing of the elderly and by the elderly has always fed 
society. So yeah. it just hasn't yeah, been yeah, an option yeah. before yeah. in human history for yeah. for large parts outside of the you know the the the, the one percent elites. Like, yeah, that you get to both neglect your elders and they get to like forget about you. <laughs> exactly that. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Sure. That. But but our, yeah. but because of the way that capitalism is driving people into you know you need to. Two people working in a, you know, if we're just talking about nuclear family units, which is another, let's not get too much into my thesis because <laughs> <laughs> we'll end up here all night. Um, let's save that magic for another save time. Save that magic for another time, yeah. Um, on the next episode. Um, but you need two people working, which means that the care needs of that family have to be distributed at other places, like, i.e., when you have sick kids, it's helpful to have grandparents. And all of, mm, like, all of mm. that stuff feeds into this thing where we actually need more care distributed up. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's also less available because of the levels of prosperity that allow people to be carefree mm-hmm. for all those periods of time until they need care, intense amounts of care, and then you've got overburdened systems yeah. who are now taking on another layer of care on top of working full-time. Yeah. And not just working full-time, but giving the kinds of the ways in which um, efficiency and emotional investment and labor and all of those things means that you are now giving more of yourself not just in time, but in other ways than than ever before. Yeah, like so, it is all consuming. We've gone to a dark place, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. I mean, this all comes back to kind of in, in some respects too, like the just the um, as I think about the younger generation coming through, for whom like life becomes a, a brand to like. So you're not only responsible for like working hard to earn a living, you've got to actually yeah. cultivate your own sort of yeah. your life as a brand, your your, your personality as mm. a and where its status sits. Mm. And um and so yeah, you can't just let that go for a while no. because other things are going on because yeah. what will happen to yeah. your status or to your yeah. you know, to your um mm. network of people who yeah. are listening to what you have to say or whatever it might yeah. be. And the time the time where you get a little bit of success is the time to double down. Mm. Because mm. you really need to push through and hustle, hustle yes. harder, yes. and yeah. So I can't yeah. tell you the number of times. I know, um, you know, this is a, we have a, a little Patreon community for for in the shift. Mm. Um, but the number of times in the last, especially the last two years, but actually since I started it, when you know, as people I meet and often want to know how it's going, and you know, how many listeners there are, and all that mm. kind of stuff, and. Obviously, I tell them about the thousands of people around the world, <laughs> um, <laughs> but inevitably, certainly from a, and, and I understand, like I totally get it. Like I'm not disparaging this this question at mm, all in terms mm. of the people it's coming from. But the inevitable question that comes up all the time is, so how do you monetize that, right? Yeah, yeah. And that's super interesting <laughs> as a, like as the natural conclusion of a conversation of yes. of trying to talk about stuff in a way that cares for like mm. traumatized people. And like there are, there is. Um, something to be said about creating um, adequate support in order to enable the yeah. sustainability of the work, right? Absolutely, um, absolutely, yeah. But yeah, and, that, if but your, you, and if this is your only thing, yeah, totally. Then, yeah. then yeah. that takes on a different yeah. Part of but your life, but I right? think there's there's yeah the the what I hear in the how do you monetize that question is yeah. is not necessarily just how do you make this sustainable. Maybe it is. Maybe it is. Maybe I'm being unfair, but a part of it can also come with how do you. You know, how do you hustle this? In terms but I mean, we don't know how to think in different ter- in other terms. Like, I get this. I make when in the very <laughs> when family life is look, family life hasn't been settled in seven years. <laughs> yeah. But like, there have been easier times mm. where I've actually had room to breathe. And in that, some of that time, I make f- furniture in my shed. And 
it's quite nice. Like I, I love it, mm. and people seem to enjoy what I produce. So I just make stuff around our home and make gifts for people and stuff like that. But the inevitable question is, oh man, you could sell this stuff. Mm. And my response is always the same: of like, but what would that do to the work? Like, mm. it would. Right. How quickly would it become something that I no longer enjoy? Like, unless I'm going to pivot into that and drop other stuff out of my life, like. Like the idea that the the, the the end of everything is monetization, mm. that that's the natural conclusion for it, mm. just essentially is kind of saying like hobbies aren't living, hobbies aren't real life. Play and joy and rest and care, they could all be made better if they were able to be that and make us money. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. But that's actually what robs the joy of it. So easily. And again, lots of people do monetize their hobbies and make great businesses out of it. And enjoy and then, it and all that kind of stuff. And enjoy it. Yeah. And that's great. And that's, yeah. that's, that's amazing. But the idea that the end goal of everything yeah. has to be some kind of productivity and production yeah. Yeah. is, yeah, is concerning. Yeah. yeah. So what does all but that mean? I, I, I feel like we're drifting closer and closer to my thesis, which is I'm just saying there's an iceberg up ahead where I just don't stop talking for about <laughs> six hours. <laughs> Would you like to just pull it up on your computer and just read it to us? Is that what you'd like to do? Um, but no, it's great. It's, it's, it's a great depressing. conversation, and I think you know it. it um, what it, you know, and this is stuff we've talked about even in relation to in the shift over the past couple of years as well, right? Which is, mm. and even when I, you know, when I started, I was chatting to you about what I was thinking and yeah, what I kind of hope to do with it. And we had lots of those conversations then too. Yeah. Um, and I think it's it's important even as like something does. Like it's easy to hold to those ideals when there's like you know 120 downloads or yeah, 100 yeah, yeah, you know totally. when there's when you know when when there's, things the stakes are low the yeah the stakes, stakes are low yeah yeah but when and even the perceived need like there are yeah. you know there's people who are like it would be great if you could talk about it. I mean again I don't want to make any like brilliant gurus we're definitely we're definitely not and there's people who are wiser and smarter than us talking about things, not many no not many okay there's one or two <laughs> no, people jokes. we're jokes. not going to name them. Um, <laughs> Being competitors in our industry, <laughs> but like you know, yeah, there's this thing of people going, "Oh, this discussion is really important. Could we talk about this because it's something that I want, you know, that we need we need to talk about more, you know, and not just us, but about the kind of collective." Mm. Um, and and there's pressure with that, yeah. But it's always the question of at what cost, like, yeah. And I kind of you know I welcome the suggestions and the questions and the oh, dialogue yeah. and entering into I'll the conversation. <laughs> yeah, 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 totally. <laughs> Talking's much easier than actually doing stuff. Yes. That's what I found in writing about dependent care relations mm-hmm. is that writing about it is much, much yes. easier than doing it. Yes. Yeah, if only someone would take care of my children, <laughs> pesky children for me, I'd be able to do the very important work of writing about how people should be taking care of people. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's, again, the irony. That's like the... It's another example of the kind of burning out while caring out for burning out people, mm-hmm. or as you, you and I both, you know, refer often to an author who's uh, writing from, you know, somewhere in Europe <laughs> in Brussels. Same. As I sit out, uh, look out across yeah, the Danube, the, <laughs> I'm reminded of why people should stop travelling and <laughs> stay deep rooted in their local it's communities. Or an illusion, be part <laughs> of your neighbourhood. Yeah, yeah. Trust yeah, me, it's just as bad over here. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed, yeah. Anyway, so that's a long yep, okay. um, discursus about why we haven't done much lately. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's a, that's a, a dense philosophical uh, rationale mm. 
for uh, not producing anything. Yeah, so that <laughs> we actually are just lazy. <laughs> you be the judge. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But what I wanted to reflect on tonight, I thought it'd be nice because this 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 last week I rang you up to say, you, you know, we've you've been involved in our crisis for years now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like This is not unfamiliar. We yes. spent probably as much time talking about this stuff and our families and that as we do about in our lives about as we do about any kind of theology and mm. stuff and other such rubbish. But to say to you, um, <laughs> we're in deep shit this week uh, and I could really do with someone, but I know you need a holiday too. So if you're able to roll up your sleeves and dive into this mess of a family situation and help care, um, then please do come. But if you need to take care of yourself and you don't have that capacity, then please don't because <laughs> you will genuinely be in the way. Um, and to be able to say that to you and know that you'll be, you will weigh that well and do what's good for you and do what's good for us as best as you can. And then to have you in the midst of this and kind of like to co-parent together for a week and that be like such a, a, a lifesaver, but just such a, in the middle of a pretty harrowing experience to be such a delightful thing to participate in. I just kind of wanted to talk about our friendship and how that has grown and developed and how much I value you and how we have kind of just journeyed and traveled together because we weren't, we were versions of this person, each of us, when we started. But there's a weird thing that's happened. Like I've got amazing friends now I'm actually yeah really lucky in the in the friendships that I have. I feel like I have an abundance of like rich and deep and vulnerable friendships. But you were kind of like the first of this particular era in that way, um, and we have grown and changed along the way, and it's been quite remarkable because I think we were pointed in the same direction, but then a bunch of us were kind of pointed in the same direction at the start of this process for us when we started kind of asking questions mm. and rethinking God and studying and doing all that kind of stuff. But you and I in particular have managed to travel in the same direction and not in any kind of forced way of like our friendship would be compromised if we disagreed about anything. But it's just been quite wonderful and quite beautiful like that, you know, this is, I know, <laughs> I know you don't, you, I don't think you actually believe this story, but I think when we first met, like I think I raised evolution with you. I was gonna, I was gonna mention this. <laughs> I just love telling this story because I've got lots of embarrassing confessions, um, and this is one of Michael's that he will never. Oh, he needs some beer. One moment, please. There you go. This is a barrel aged um, triple. Yeah, get that in you. You might need it for the story. But I remember, like we were talking about various things, and I raised kind of evolution, and Michael said, "Well, as a scientist." Um, I know that there are some things that the scientific community don't know. And, you're, <laughs> <laughs> and there is actually evidence that you know that evolution is just a theory. Um, and I think you've denied this in the past because you can't actually believe that you ever would have said such a thing uh, as, a, as a young creationist. <laughs> but it's true. And, and me the same. Like we would have been in such different positions on so many things along the way. And mm. somehow, like, our friendship has managed to grow both, like, you know, like, our theologies have developed together. Like, mm. So I think we've introduced each other to 
a bunch of ideas along the way yeah. that we have ended up that become quite central to us. Mm. And I don't feel at all like in a forced way in that like I'm like I have to agree with you and you have to agree with me <laughs> otherwise we can't be friends because mm. we've yeah, we've wrestled with lots of stuff and mm. like sometimes I've introduced ideas to you and you've gone nah, I don't know and you to me and I'm mm. going uh, yeah, I don't know. And we've moved faster and slower on different things but like they often say about good marriage <laughs> good marriages. This is where we're actually announcing <laughs> our, engage, our engagement um, about good marriages are like the the lucky the the ones that grow are the ones that that happen to grow in the same direction together and yeah I think like yeah it, we've we've kind of done that journey together but at the same time we've probably both entered into vulnerability in our lives in ways that we weren't capable of when we started this relationship mm. you know when we started this friendship I think we were just beginning to. I was particularly probably just beginning to shed enough ego about trying to protect the facade of who I was projecting myself to be. And, you know, being in a different life crisis, <laughs> I'm great at life crises, mm. being in a different life crisis at the time, in a particular relationship crisis, which was a very vulnerable space, brought me to that. But, yeah, it's just been nice watching our friendship evolve and the fact that, yeah, there have been all kinds of seasons to what that friendships look like. And I think male friendship probably just doesn't get enough airtime because there's just not that many good examples of it, which I find I, – I understand and I get because often male vulnerability vocabulary isn't, isn't that large. But I also feel like I'm very lucky because I've got so many men that I learn off of mm. what it is to be vulnerable. Mm. Like, yeah. So, yeah, I just kind of wanted to enter that into the conversation because we haven't really talked mu that much about that. Kind of talked about like oh, yeah, we both came out of Mega Church and Mega yeah, Church Jason yeah. stuff, but yeah. Yeah, and we started out, you know, there was a, as we we have mentioned, that there was kind of a crew of us who were kind of mm. all processing mm. that at the same time. Mm. I think it's definitely the case that you and I are much more on the same kind yeah, of. Yeah, I think we always were. Yeah. 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 If we're honest, I think both you and I. From the very start, had deeper suspicions about which direction we travel with queer theology. Yeah, yeah, and that was a kind of a tipping point in some ways because I think we felt safer talking to each other about going. Sure, I have inklings. I need mm. to do the work because mm. I think I mentioned before it took me maybe maybe like six or seven years, I think, to come to an affirming position mm. on that because I was such. It's really funny how people talk about like people changing their mind on this stuff and just doing so because it's cool and easy and going, oh, I had to, I, I did every bit of work my brain was capable of mm. to make sure I wasn't just capitulating. I was so scared of capitulating to the culture. Mm. I did years of theological study around this stuff to make sure mm. I wasn't just. And, and I think I was scared of God. In a way, I'm not now at yeah, the time. You yeah, know, yeah. like and scared yeah. of getting it wrong. And scared of getting it wrong. Yeah. And I'm very yeah. loyal. Like I know yeah. as yeah, ambitious yeah. as I am, like mm. I think carefully before I rupture something close to me. Like Yeah, no, and we, and as we've talked about, we were both embedded within, shaped by, yeah. informed by, and committed to the kinds of spaces we were in. Mm. And it's it's And loved them. Yeah. Mm. And loved them. And so the process of Extraction <laughs> and 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 finding mm. a different path is one that takes time and yeah 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 I think that was definitely one of the big conversations that you and I were in a different place on to to others 
around us and so that shaped probably our friendship. You yeah. know, it, it is a funny thing about our friendship because <clears throat> as we've reflected on before, we've never lived in the same no. city as each other. No. And, and we uh, don't ring any other single human ever. Like initiate phone calls. Initiate like phone chat calls chat with them no. just out of choice. No. Yeah. Like I will literally try and just find someone to make a phone call to the doctor for me. Not because I don't <laughs> see this men's work or whatever, but I really don't like phone calls that no. I don't have to make. Yeah. I will like do a lot of other labor. Yeah. To get someone to make a phone call yes. for me. Yeah. And yet we talk all the time. Yeah, we talk all yeah. the time. Well, isn't, that, isn't that cute? <laughs> isn't that nice? It yeah. is. Yeah, no, yeah. I hate I hate talking on the phone. Yeah. Um, yeah. Hannah. And this was can before you, Hannah, AirPods. Can you ring the fish and we used chip to shop? hold a yeah, we used to hold a thing up to our ear and get a hot ear. <laughs> That's how much we love each other. Yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah, that's it's been kind of a beautiful thing. Yeah, I think male friendship is is a it's complicated, isn't it? Because I think because mm. of the scripts we've been given, and because like you said, the vocabulary we've been given, the tools we've been given as men um, mm. to have vulnerability with one another. And so it's kind of like the running joke in lots of ways, isn't it? Mm. To like catch up with a bunch of blokes and then watch, afterwards watch sport and watch sport or or you know have fun and and look having fun is great. Um, hey, watching, hey, hey. Watching, hey, we're all about that? having fun, <laughs> and we both actually do like sport. Yeah, we so do. We both we like might sports. downplay our masculinity, but yeah, I watch yeah, yeah. it. Um, the more violent, the better. Oh. Yeah, I mean, like Not Premier true. League soccer. soccer. Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> Very violent. Someone um, tickled me. Yeah, so so you know the 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 fun and the and the joking around and and mm. the doing stuff together, which is mm. um, that's all stuff in male friendship that I love. Mm. Totally, but it's that's often sort of the scope of male friendship yeah. is limited to those things, yeah. uh, and less so to the kind of yeah the the vulnerability and the mm. and the empathy and the care and the checking in and yeah. the talking about what's hard and mm. and, and stuff. Mm. And so, yeah, that's something I've, I've deep value for us. You know, it's been interesting because our journeys, like as we were journeying kind of theologically, and I think along with the uh, kind of connected to maybe, it's probably, it's, it is connected to the, the, the reason why we both landed in queer affirming mm. sort of spaces theologically is I think empathy and, and vulnerability and sensitivity to suffering has played Huge a much larger role, right, in our kind mm. of, in our lives. Yeah. And therefore in our theologies and, and so we've kind of journeyed through various forms of crises alongside mm. one another, mm. and um, and that's been its own, you know, really meaningful and interesting dynamic, hasn't it? Over yeah, the years, has, as we've kind yeah. of navigated a bunch of stuff, and we've kind of traded crises in some ways, and yeah. then like. You picked me up mid crisis. I mean, I, I adopted you. Obviously, I'm the obviously ext- I'm, I'm the extrovert. <laughs> so I, I adopted you, and then I made you hug me, um, <laughs> and then you then you actually grew to like hugs, and then yeah, they'll become a part of your capabilities. Um, I'm taking full credit for that. Uh, but you picked me up mid-crisis in some ways. It, well, like, you know, like, mm. you know, not yeah. many would have known there was a crisis going on, but it kind of evolved as our friendship evolved. Mm-hmm. I was in a more and more difficult place. Mm. Um, and and then you came into your own crisis mm. in, like a bit later down the track. Mm. And then 
then we shared there was there's one intersection point which is kind of I think what sparked this conversation to me to, to talk about was we had an intersection point where we were both in inverse crises yeah and that was when you were going through your infertility journey mm-hmm. and I was going through the early stages of realizing how deep shit we were in as a family with a kid that didn't sleep mm. and then a kid that didn't behave neurotypically mm. and we didn't have diagnoses at that time. Mm. We just had suspicions. And there's all that stuff of going, are we just terrible parents who are mm. really bad at this? Or mm. is there something else going on? Um, and they were both really harrowing for both of us. And I think I, the thing I think I reflect on is that like, and look, I, I, can only, I guess I can only speak to my own side of this because we've talked about this, but maybe not in full detail, but in terms of going, you were my best friend and I knew how much pain you were in with the infertility journey. Mm. But because you were my best friend, I couldn't not share the escalating sense of pain that you I was experiencing. Because you'd had a child. Because, so this is the right. thing. Yeah, I had a child that, and I'm going to speak bluntly about this because mm-hmm. – Everyone who knows me knows how much I love my family, I love my children. But I had a child who was destroying us, mm. who 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 brought a level of overwhelm that no two people could manage mm. into our life. Mm. And I loved you enough and trusted you enough and cared for you enough that I didn't want to protect you from being a part of that journey. Mm. For us, I mean, I needed you. I was drowning, mm. and I had other people. Like I could have, I could have bracketed you off from that because I had mm. other people to process that with. But you held another part of my story and another part of my history. And so I remember a conversation one day where I said to you, "Like, you've got the option of me not talking to you about this, but like, it's really fucking hard. And having a kid is destroying our lives." And I know that I'm talking to a person who is so desperate as being as has so much of their own grief in not having mm-hmm. a kid. And we had to work out how to hold that together. Mm. For you to be able to say not having a child is a is a complex and grief filled and devastating journey. And me saying having a child, like if I'm honest on a on an honest day. If I could undo this right now, I would. Mm. And that doesn't mean that I wish that my child didn't exist mm-hmm. because that's mm-hmm. – I'm so yeah, glad yeah, he course. does. Yeah. Both of them. Yeah. But at that point in time, if there was an undo – if there's a control Z, mm. which meant that you got your memory wiped and you didn't miss anyone, mm. I w- absolutely would have taken that. Mm. And you're desperately trying – to be in a form of situation mm. that I was currently in, you know, like, like yeah, 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 like, no, it's, it's, yeah. A, and you know, you know, I am. <clears throat> it's probably hard to express how grateful I am that you did include me. Um, obviously, because I wanted to be there as a friend for you, yeah, etc. That's a big part of it. But interestingly, reflecting back now, we were in a season of our lives where a lot of our friends, I think, were trying to protect us. Yeah. And they were all having kids. Yeah. And what it felt like at that time was that essentially it's kind of like we were playing a computer game mm. <laughs> and 
um, we were stuck on a level. Yeah, you went in that club. And everyone else had gone to like the next level. Mm, yeah. <clears throat> And everyone was hoping that you would get there. Yeah, and everyone was hoping that we'd get there, but they didn't want to talk too much about the next level because yeah. they thought they were trying to sort of, I guess, care about care about us and not yeah. upset us by talking about what yeah. the next level was like. Totally. Uh, and and so that meant you know, oh, you you don't get, and, well, you won't want you won't want to come to our kids' birthday, birthday party because it'll be triggering. And, yeah, it'll be triggering, and yeah. it's just going to be crazy, and it's really yeah. for parents, you know. Yeah. it's really for the kids anyway. Yeah. And, and what that meant was then just quite a few years of actually not experiencing mm. the full lives of mm. of people in our in our in our world, you know. Yeah. And I think I would much rather have navigated the complex territory of emotions yeah. that came along for the ride, but to experience the full life yeah. of my friends, yeah. like and, and to experience the mm. full life of what you guys were going through. Because you can do both. Yes. I mean that's the thing. Yes. You, you can, can hold do, both together. You can hold both together. Mm. You can do difficult things. You can say, I'm here and it's hard. Mm. You can bring grief yeah. into a room of joy yeah. and not extinguish joy. Yeah, that's right. Like that yeah. is actually possible. And yeah, I think. So like the hesitancy of some friends to tell us they were pregnant with another child, you know. Yeah, um, totally. And all that kind of stuff. Which, which of course you get. Like, Of course, totally of course, totally. That. They're trying yeah, to care yeah. about us. Yeah. Um, it is a form of care. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it is. Yeah. Um, and yet I think what we have kind of, bumped into with one yep. another is that and, I, and this is where like checking in can be helpful to be like actually yeah. is today is today a good day, a day yeah, we can talk yeah, about that or yeah. not and, and, and to be able yeah. to flex with that rather yeah. than just being like it's all on or it's all off Absolutely. Or, yeah. you know and to yeah. be able to listen to one another and say actually today's a hard day so let's not have that conversation yeah. or whatever you know yeah. and that's that's wiser <laughs> and that's, yep. that's good but yeah that kind of all on or all off that essentially either we Mm. Yeah, I, you know it's interesting because our, our journeys did track very, very tightly together. Like early mm. on, we were just talking about earlier um, about how when we first went into IVF treatment and we got pregnant, and it was like after you know it was years because we've been on the waiting list for mm. years and five years on the waiting list, and, yeah, and whatever. Um, Jesus, a long time. And so. The kind of level of of joy that came with that first pregnancy, yeah, and then as we were sort of, I don't know, probably a couple of two or three months, not not three months, because yeah, maybe two months, two and a half months into that journey of pregnancy, you mm. called me to say that you guys were pregnant, yeah, which is with yeah the child, you know, that's ended up being. Mm. Complex, mm. Um, and how excited I was! Like, because because our journeys had been kind of yeah. tracking as friends, right? It's and I was like, oh my out. gosh, it's all yeah. working out, and we're going to have like kids at the same time, yeah. and kind of playing out a future in terms of what that means for like my best friend is going to have a child, like totally. right at the same time yeah. as we're going to have a child. Does that and mean our, you guys will move to Melbourne our, and be with us? <laughs> our kids are going to, you know, our kids are going to holiday together and play yeah. together, and you know, yeah. and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And then um, let's not tell the story of the time our kids did holiday together. <laughs> That's a dark, dark period. Oh, oh there, yeah. were, there were some good moments. <laughs> I mean, yeah, Sam did bite Rufus's finger, but other than that, oh yeah, no Rufus or that. He used to stick his fingers in people's mouths, so he got what was coming. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, and then like two weeks later, the you know I've never experienced kind of being wrecked with kind of a yeah a grief like the the loss of that pregnant of that of that pregnancy. Yeah. Um, and to kind of negotiate that and so then to see your pregnancy continue and for you guys to have the baby 
mm. at the time that we were supposed to also be having a baby. Yeah, which is another and reminder, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. To be kind Can of I also beginning. just say there was one of our greatest like friendship mishaps where you said, you know, be really nice, like we're just getting a few people to write a few words like uh, like around a ceremony we're going to have for this child. And then I wrote a poem and it was really long. <laughs> and you didn't tell me that you were writing it inside a barrel mm-hmm. that was going, playing, a tree was being planted mm-hmm. in. And I just felt really terrible because you had to try and like write in a really small handwriting my my entire my entire poem. You could have given more context, but you did say you liked it anyway. <laughs> I did like it. I did like it. Thank you. Yeah. 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 So like the the I remember actually this moment because yeah, we had a wine barrel that we were gonna that we were planting a tree in as a kind of a a symbol of the loss that we'd experienced. Mm. And I think the loss was was felt so keenly because of the journey and the, the journey. weight and you know, all yeah. of that kind of stuff. And uh, I just remember, this is not really, I don't know, relevant to the conversation. Now I'm just a couple of drinks in and sharing. <laughs> this is what I do <laughs> to you. Is, but, you know, because I, I, yeah, we, we, yeah, we had family members and, and, and some close friends who, who wrote something and then we kind of I wrote that on the inside of the barrel mm. before we... Did the planting, and then um, I wrote something, and then put like love from dad mm. on it, mm. which was me, and I'd never been a dad, you know. Yeah, and um, and then I kind of forgot that I did that, and then I don't know, we went off and did something, and then came back an hour or two later to do the planting or whatever, and I thought oh, I'll read through all the messages on the thing. Yeah, and then I read that message that I had written, but then it said love from dad, and so I immediately thought of my dad. Because right. I kind of still wow. didn't think of myself as a dad. Of course. And then I had this moment where I realized that was me. Mm. And it was like, yeah, this very kind of well, overwhelming experience of like. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, there was, there was huge um, grief and like roller coaster of, you know, even pregnancy itself through all those times was broken down into about mm. 75 different steps and with probabilities <laughs> given at each, you know, at each, yeah. at each step yeah. of the process and all that kind of thing. Mm. Um, and yeah, a totally interesting thing, right? To to be walking through that with your best friend, who's yeah. in like the flip scenario, yeah, where the child was born, yeah, yeah, and then turned out to be not at all, yeah, what we expected, what you expected, or what or we ordered, what the script yeah. would <laughs> would say, era. you know, yeah. Um, and now we have an inverse of this, and I have this with lots of people in my world. Where at t- like mm. at times, and again, to, like without going into too much detail, at times the situation is so complex that we are completely overwhelmed to the point mm. of breakdown. Like it's and it's rel- it's relentless. It's not occasional. It's mm. consistent and, and <laughs> like completely relentless in a, in a in a harrowing way to the point where I've talked to you about this this week where iPhones come up with photo album memory things mm. of, you know, and particularly like, of course, when your kids got kids, you take photos of your family. Most of those, like whenever one of those things comes up on my phone, I don't look at it because most of this parenting journey, while it's had pockets of immense beauty and joy, has been harrowing and mm. painful. Mm. And I look back and just go, holy shit, I was so tired. Oh my god, that's that was on that holiday which we did, which we probably shouldn't have done, mm. but we did because we we're trying to have a normal family experience, mm. and it was awful. Like, 
Yeah, but so there's, the, but there's an inverse thing happening. Yeah, yeah, where, totally. Where I don't want people to protect me from joy. Mm. I don't want you to, you know, I don't want people to say to 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 to, to not be able to say we had this amazing holiday. Mm. You know, with our mm. with our family, mm. and it was great, and mm. we went to the beach, and it was uncomplicated, mm. and you know. <laughs> No family holiday is easy, but there was so much beauty and goodness mm. and good times and we were able to do this thing and then we went to this thing that I would never be able to go to with my family. You know, mm. I don't want to be shielded. I don't want to believe that everyone else has it as bad. I want to share in the joy of the people that I love mm. and there's grief in that. Mm. But I don't want to be protected from that. Mm. And there's times where it's like the inverse of you. If you're going like, yeah, I, now is. No, it's not the time. Yeah, yeah, sure. You know, like it's too raw. Yeah, but I don't want to not share in the fullness of people's lives. Mm. I don't. I don't want to believe that there's no such thing as joy mm. and goodness and hope and mm. love and possibility, mm. and that even that I that we could taste versions of that in the mm. future. Mm. Like, I don't want to miss out on parts of your life mm. and the people's the people that I love just because I can't access that experience mm. and. But it's a dance, isn't it? Like it's a yeah, it's a, it's yeah. a negotiation. It's and a it checking in, and it right? requires actually, yeah, um, <laughs> listening to each other, yeah, and giving each other the dignity, yeah, of of participation in the friendship, and not yeah. like making decisions for on the other person's behalf, yeah, either to protect them mm. or to withdraw yeah. from them, or like or, yeah, deciding what you think they can or can't handle, yeah. and, but actually to be able to to check in mm. and actually, and then that requires us to be able to. Say honestly, exactly in response. Yeah. This is where I'm at, yeah. or this is what I need, or this is what I can't cope with. I mean, like now. this week, I, I like if you were so burned out that you weren't able to come and contribute in a mm-hmm. way that was going to be good for you, or you, or me. Mm. I, I wanted you to say, like, I mm. trusted you to say that. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, and that that stuff's really important. Mm. And and so yeah, like the the flip scenario now where, so <laughs> we were in this grief of not being able to have a child. Yeah, you got the joy of having a child. Yeah. Then you had the grief of having a child mm. turned out, and then and then we got the joy of having a child, and yeah. and and now we're in this inverse yeah. situation where yeah. you know, and and I and I still am able to share with you, hey, this is what's great about joy and complexity, and also this is what's yeah. difficult. And even though it's I know, okay for it to be hard yeah. for you too, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like and even though I know, really like, hard. even though I know what is hard for me, mm. it's not on the scale of what is hard. For yeah. you, that doesn't mean, I mean it's not hard. I can't talk to you, and then I don't care. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. basically, all of this is just to say that we have a really beautiful friendship, and uh, yeah, and we've like worked for it though. Like, <laughs> yeah, we have. Yeah, like we actually have worked for it, and mm-hmm. yeah, and I really, and I, and I really value it. But like that vulnerability as well. I think another thing that that it's made me realize is that this is again, this is part of the, I guess the, <laughs> the forest of beautiful friendships I'm in. Like my friendship with Rod who is a colleague of mine and a beautiful man. Before we had our child, they, they'd had one kid that didn't sleep very well and that was a harrowing experience. And before we had our kid, um, before we had Hemi, he said to me, never forget that parents lie. <laughs> and what he meant in that is that saying like, lots of people don't share hard experiences of parenting. Mm. And he said they went through harrowing experiences with their kid with sleep stuff, which we also went through. And mm-hmm. I'm not saying he made this happen, <laughs> but it's possible. Um, Did he speak it over your life? He spoke it over my life. Um, but there was only like a couple of years in when things were getting better that people said, oh, yes, 
we had that too. Mm. We just never told anyone. Mm. We just said everything was great all the time. And so everyone suffered in silence alone. Mm. And he just said to me, if it's ever hard, talk to me. Mm. If things don't go as you expect, tell me. I mm. understand. Mm. It doesn't mean you're bad parents. Mm. Parents lie all the time. And they gaslight other parents into thinking that they must be doing something wrong. Mm. And I'm just so grateful. And my story, like I am the like the klaxon for like when things can go wrong. <laughs> I will tell people that it's shit all the time. Mm. And hopefully not in an unhelpful way, but hopefully in a way that opens space for people that if they have postnatal depression or if they have complexities, mm. they have stuff that they go, I'm not the only one. Mm. And they, they can actually journey honestly about mm. that. Like, yeah, because there's a lot of there's a lot of shame tied into it for people. Yeah, too, right? there is. Um, so yeah, which kind of draws us into our next point of conversation, which is theology. Yes, because that theologians lie, <laughs> and well, some do, and some don't see, and some choose to ignore things. And I mm. think what a big part of our friendship is the fact that our theology has deep encounters with pain and with suffering with justice. And that has guided our journey and guided the th our preferences in terms of what we preference over. There's, there's always, when kind of picking your path within theology, like once you study it and understand that there are options that you have to choose one thing over another and find one argument more compelling than another, because theology, like most disciplines, is a series of arguments. Mm. You end up choosing along a particular line of fidelity. I think the thing probably that sits at the center of our theological friendship is that we've chosen to privilege the real over the ideal. Mm. So yeah, this, this thing between the ideal and the real is something we've talked about mm. a lot, actually, over the years. And I think it has become kind of core in many respects. Yeah. To our theological perspectives, what voices we're willing to listen to. Yeah. Uh, what we're willing to take as authoritative. Yeah. Or, um, yeah. Angel tradition. Yeah. And I think it, it connects to this idea that, that so much of theology, and whether we're talking academic theology, or actually we're talking grassroots theology, theology yeah. and like pop, mm. pop theology and. Mm. and you know, the kind of churches you and I spent plenty of time mm. in. Um, there is this tendency, not just a tendency, like a <laughs> a strong emphasis on talking about God and Christian community and the gospel and the church in these abstract, terms. abstract and quite grandiose yeah. ways. This is what... Which can be beautiful. They can be mm. odd. They can be very beautiful. You can read them and think that's a wonderful description of a glorious idea, you know. Yeah. And, um, and we can sing about those and we can teach about those. Mm. And yeah, and, and in many respects, academic forms of theology do, do the same thing as, <laughs> as what the pop theology is doing, um, which is just but, but a more articulate and... Yeah. and Thoughtful and complicated yeah. And, yeah. And, and intentional, you know, in yeah. critical ways. Yeah. But, but still talking about things at this kind of level of, 
like, you know, you think about like theologians who I really kind of in lots of ways admire mm. um, who will talk about how, you know, when Jesus died and rose again, it changed you know, it changed everything. It changed yeah. the fundamental nature of reality itself, for example, mm-hmm. which is a really beautiful idea. It is. Um, <laughs> Probably wrong, but it's... Yeah, it's really beautiful though. Beautiful idea. Right? Yeah. Um, or the amount of time within the Christian tradition spent kind of talking about, you know, the the divine nature of Christ or the Trinitarian yeah. theology. And, yeah. and there's lots of good reasons why people want to argue about that and believe that. And, yeah. you know, I still teach that as part of curriculum and, and, mm. and, and theological stuff that I that I teach. And yet, um, so much of that is not really um, related to mm. or born out of. You can draw relations down. Yes. But sometimes they're quite tenuous. Yes. And sometimes when they hit the ground, they're quite harmful. Yes, because sometimes what happens is people are like, well, that's not my, that's not what's actually happening here. Yeah. Like, um, and... And again, in a whole variety of ways, um, you know, one of the things we've bumped into over the last couple of years in these kind of more toxic church systems is is this kind of, well, that's just, you know, you can't let your experience yeah. change yeah. the truth of what, mm. you know. Mm. Don't let the facts get in the way of the truth yeah. or something absurd like that. Yeah. You know, Some that meaningless <laughs> phrase. Yeah. <laughs> This this idea that 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 you just have to accept the, the yeah the abstract top down version of events yeah that's kind of been developed um, in in a in a, a looping kind of bubble yeah. cloud yeah above the real gritty experience of, yeah. of life yeah and the kind of joy and terror of what it is to be alive you mm. know and um and I think what has captured both of us and it's I'm sure it's partly due to our experience not entirely due to our experience but partly due to our experience um, of, it's, of pain it's, it's not just due to our experience though because I think this is one of the things about you mm. and I is that we both have very strong connections with people we love outside the church mm. that we respect and care for deeply mm. and not in terms of a kind of like in the hopes that we can convert them or you know we love people out there so that one day they might too be saved. Mm. But like people who we don't have any intention of trying to convince of anything that we care of, care for so deeply and love so much that don't share our tradition and background, mm. um, but that their lives shape and influence ours in ways that don't allow us to believe such binary nonsense as mm. the church holds the truth and all goodness mm. and those people out there, we should pity them because A, they're wrong and B, they need something that special that we have. Do you think? Yeah. Yeah, no, I think that's definitely a part of it. I think it's like a combination of factors, isn't it? Because there are, you know, you could point to, there are lots of people who've had, I don't know, similarly painful experiences, have got connections beyond the church, who for whatever reason haven't yeah. allowed their theological trajectory to to be reshaped by that. But I think for some reason we have, and that's yeah. part of our synergy as a friendship, isn't it? And part mm. of part of why we're able to do something like in the shift yeah. together. Yeah. Um Which is harder to believe some of the Christian truisms. Yeah. When you have really compelling evidence that is not they're not true. Yes. You know, and not not 
not kind of like God has love truisms, but like the kind of superiority of the church over the world and the experience of the Christian life being heightened and better than the experience of those outside of it and goodness residing primarily within the church as if mm. God isn't operational outside of mm. that. that the, the idea that the kingdom of God only exists within things with a denominational logo or not. <laughs> like all that stuff. That we hold wisdom. Yes. Mm. And it, all else is folly. And won't it be great once the rest of the n- yeah. nation listens to what the church has yeah. to say because... Stadiums weren't built for rugby. They <laughs> yeah, were actually yeah. built for revivals. <laughs> they just didn't know they were building right. them for that. Yeah. I mean, they're still waiting, but... Yeah. That's a good one. <laughs> yeah, it's just it's interesting the, de- the degree to which once you kind of start to see through that lens and... Yeah, the kind of the claims about, you know, we haven't talked too much, I don't think, about like spiritual bypassing, but it, but it makes me... We've, yeah, make, I think we've talked a bit about it, have we? Experience once, yeah. Yeah, um, when we make these big claims about maybe what God has done, whether either in this big sweeping scope of kind of human history mm. uh, or in our own lives, yeah. that, that, that God We've been talking has, about this this week a lot, about yes. the power of testimonies yes. to not allow you to confront challenges and hardships and difficult. Like if you become famous for your testimony of great healing or great this or great transformation or great that, then you have to stick to that story. Otherwise God has failed because if God could fix something so dramatically then, then why isn't God fixing it? All of your problems in the future <laughs> and how so many people who kind of travel on great testimonies or have a great a genuinely great transcendent and transformational experience don't know what to do with the fact that not every single area of every bit of their life is now suddenly whole and complete and mm. will never struggle mm. with things again. Like, Yeah, and so it's not to take away from the fact that there might be, have been genuine transformative moments in people's lives. And I've had kind of moments in my life that... Yeah, same some, I absolutely some, Something like yeah. that. But this kind of need for them to be narrated in such a way... Yeah. Yeah, that they are... Um, with triumphalism. Yeah. Yeah. That they're groundbreaking, that they are yeah. earth-shattering. Yeah. Um, and that God is active in a triumphal way to make sure that, you know, there might be hardships again, but like they're only just tests or, you know, yeah. nothing is actually ever bad again. Mm. Because now I've found God. If God is mm. the answer, then everything is good. And if it, things aren't good, then it might be reason for other people not to accept God. So the important thing is to keep up the, the brand of yes. our transformation yes, yes, so yes, that people yes. know that they need God and everything will be better. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Not my personal experience. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. Actually, I Life remember talking about this. Difficult. This would have been way back, like when we were talking about the start of our friendship when I was probably still like, you know, processing out of hmm. a bunch of stuff. Like, um, But I was teaching. I'd already been, I'd been asked to teach theology and, even though I'd never studied it, but <laughs> I had glasses. I think that was the main glasses that you thought of it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, should never have been, but I'm glad I was, but I should never have been yes. given a classroom of people <laughs> to teach. Um, but, you know, we were talking about, I think we ended up in a conversation about sharing our faith and, and so on because it was part of the thing we were teaching at the time. And, and we ended up in a conversation about that. And even then I think people were like, and we got into a bit of a conversation about that. 
and were kind of shocked by the idea that you would tell non-Christians about bad things that hard things that were happening in your mm, life, like mm. pe- people in the class and stuff of a range brand. of ages. Bad for the brand. Yeah, yeah, they were basically like, we we shouldn't be yep. telling non-Christians, yeah, that we're having difficulties, yeah, because then they won't want to become Christians. Because mm. the only <laughs> reason you would become a Christian is because of it made everything better. Yeah, immediately. yeah, yeah, or or yeah. at least. Or at least had the answer for the thing that yep. was yeah broken or hard. Jesus, um, sorry, you said answer. I couldn't help myself. Jesus. Um, <laughs> and so even then, at that time, I started mm. processing enough to be able to say, "Look, I just don't think that's. Mm. I don't think that's helpful the yeah. way to, to see things." But yeah. but I certainly much more so. I can see now that was like the beginnings of my own kind of mm. shift. Hey, hey, you see what I well, used to, uh, maybe I used the even there? then you were in. Some kind of shift. Yeah, maybe I was. shift or maybe? Maybe, maybe a, sh- a shift. A shift. I don't know if I was shift. in the shift yet. Yeah. I was in a shift. It's a higher level of transcendence. <laughs> the shift. The shift. Oh, yeah, the shift. Yeah. When you, when you have People the... think they're in the shift, but they're actually only in just our shift. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> I pity them. If you want to be in the shift, send... Mm. 6.99. <laughs> send money now. Um... <laughs> But yeah, it's just uh, you know. So we've been talking about experiences, right? And and at some stage earlier this year, when we were doing the podcast yes. regularly, yeah. Um, and this was a part of that conversation too, which is like the 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 sort of tying together of experiences of the divine or of transcendence or of transformation with this narrative that everything is getting yeah. better and God makes everything better yeah. in our lives. Yeah. Like again, like you know, think about your situation that you, you know in your last couple of months. Yeah, pretty, uh, pretty hard to just yeah to be like, yeah, God makes everything work triumphantly and amazing. <laughs> yeah, you know, I don't even feel it because it's so great. And so yeah. either you're then left feeling terrible. Yeah, that maybe God has abandoned you, mm. or that you failed the test, mm. or that this whole thing was a. God has a higher purpose oh, for yeah, engineering yeah, yeah. the situation. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Which creates its own levels of yeah. anxiety and distrust and, and pain, even if yeah. they're buried deeply. Or to confront the fact that maybe this suffering that you're experiencing, yeah. right, must inform the way that we think mm. theologically. Absolutely. About God, about what we yeah. believe, about our experiences yeah. of God, that our theology must be informed by like this this isn't a surprise to god or the divine or an aberration this is the sight of the divine like that yes. this that that kind that level of complexity and hardship like i think the way i would have perceived it in the past is that this is this would be something god would be embarrassed about <laughs> right yeah of going like that, that that my situation would make god feel awkward because god had and I, I'm using quote unquote here, quote unquote God had promised such wonderful victory and triumph and ease and proving to the world that God, I was following the right way and all of these things that like a situation this painful and this difficult and this perplexing and this infuriating. And unsolvable. And unsolvable would be an embarrassment to God. mm because God clearly isn't able to, quote unquote, fix it. But instead, and this is kind of like the theology on the ground thing, 
instead, like, I'm just drawn to that, I think it's like Tupper quote of like, the world or life is arbitrary and God is not. Of like, shit happens and God is consistently loving and kind and powerless to prevent shit happening in large part. But God is consistently compassionate and loving and kind and present and will witness to this pain and this difficulty and maybe even has the capacity to gather resources from inside the church and out of love and care to meet that need that no one can fix. But that if we were abandoned to our own resources, even as a nuclear family, we would go under. Mm -hmm. You know, like that theology on the ground for me still makes, it still matters just because I don't believe in triumphalism anymore. Mm. Just because I don't believe in levels of divine protection that I don't face excruciating hardship. Mm. Doesn't, like once upon a time I would have gone, well then what's the point of God? Mm. Like why bother if you're not protected from all of that? Mm. And I would have needed to spiritually bypass and pretend that the situation mm. wasn't even that bad, mm. which would, would have meant that I'm not present to it, mm. which would mean that I'm actually a bad actor mm. in this scenario mm. because I was, wouldn't be able to. I'd either need to deny my son's needs in mm. his actual situation or escape it. And neither of those are very good options for my family mm. and my wife the same. Mm. Instead... I'm not embarrassed about sitting with God in this. And I'm not resentful towards God because I just don't think God's engineered this. Mm. Instead, there's some degree of comfort in the fact that God is a witness to this whole situation with just immense compassion. And that somehow in the mix, I believe God's active in making this as, as least shit as it can possibly be mm. given the circumstances mm. and inviting human participation in the situation. Like that's theology on the ground for me. Mm. And a bunch of the theological paths I could have chosen would be insufferable or bypassing or split mm. in this very situation. Mm. I think going back to our conversation from before about fertility and parental difficulty is that we were both able to trust each other, not to say everything's going to be okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. God will come through. Mm. You'll get pregnant next mm. round. Mm. He'll sleep through the night in no time. Mm. Victory is yours. Mm. We were able to trust each other not to say Stupid shit <laughs> that might have felt nice to hear, mm. but would be embarrassing in the future. And painful in and the long painful. run. Yeah. Yeah. Because if it's not working, then it might be your fault. Yeah. All of that stuff. Yeah. You know, yeah. I didn't, you trusted me not to try and break a generational curse off you. Tell them we weren't, we, we weren't getting pregnant because my grandpa was a Mason. A Mason. <laughs> Something. Yeah. 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 yeah, and and that I wasn't suggesting to you, oh, you should take your son off to um, deliverance meetings yeah. to get 
that's healed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I think what can often happen in these situations is, is, is people with those stories simply just kind of fade out into yep. the background well, of triumphant spaces, right? Su- survivor's bias, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, Of yeah. going, we all here agree that this stuff works because the only people that are left are the people who it's worked for. Yes. And everybody else who it hasn't worked for mm-hmm. has, yeah, faded off into the background. Mm-hmm. Often in humiliation and despair mm-hmm. and a sense of failure mm-hmm. and guilt. Like... It's not good. Like, yeah. yeah. I so, think I've said before, like, I think, you know, my reflection on like the, when I was, you know, when I was mega church Michael. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it should be a doll. Mega church Mike. Mm. I'm going to make my own movie. Like Magic Mike. It's like Magic but, Mike. But, but slightly more pants on. <laughs> well. We'll see, we'll we'll see, see where it goes. Artistic. Let's. <laughs> You're the director. Don't put limits on it. Blue okay. sky thinking. Um, <laughs> so... Um, I'm just spitballing here, if that's the phrase. <laughs> the the time in the service when the pray when the prayer requests and praise reports I've definitely talked about this before on the podcast. Yeah. But it's pertinent to this conversation. Good. When the prayer requests and praise You're not reports not boring me, were, you don't need to bore it. <laughs> they them out right? there are already tuning out. But I'm I'm You're right still here. with me? Yeah. Still with me. Okay, and then we should wrap this conversation up because people will be Starting to wonder <laughs> what's going on. It's a marathon episode. <laughs> <laughs> um, and this was like an ideal real like, yep. moment for me, although I didn't have that language for it at the time. Mm. But I just remember slowly being struck by because the, the prayer requests were so intense. Oh, intense. Yeah. yeah. And, and dealt a with husband dying of pain. cancer. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, they did r- r- involved death and yep. loss and grief Men and suffering. pain and sickness and suffering. Yep. And, and someone got a promotion. There was, there was prayer request after headache. prayer request after prayer yep. request read out. And then to kind of build faith, yeah. people would also fill out these praise reports for the good things God has done and they would all get read out too. As, and then we'd, you know, so that way we could all be reminded that God answers prayers. But yep. like it was, <laughs> yeah, I got a job and, you know, yep. which is great. Like Mr. Cool. Kippers got found. <laughs> It was up a tree the whole yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. you know, I passed my exam and I had yeah. a good holiday and we, got bought, a promotion. we bought the house yeah. we were trying to get for yep. a good deal. Yep. And, um, <laughs> and it's like, man, these two lists do not correlate yeah. at all. Mm. And if our theology can't pay attention to that and deal yeah. with that, yeah. um, then then it's not worth anything, mm. I don't think. Mm. Um, and so... So yeah, as we kind of reflect on our journey and our friendship and and all that kind of stuff, these are, these are the things that come to the surface mm. um, for me. And I think in terms mm. of why our theological, what we've been willing to pay attention to, and why our theological journeys then have ended up in yeah. many respects looking quite similar, or mm. we've resonated with the same kind of stuff, and that's been bound together with our with our um, relationship as well. Right? Yeah, and it's an authenticity test with it, mm. in that. So again, my friend. Rod, who um, love Rod, yeah, same. I'm so grateful for him. Who went through a period of time reading a lot of Holocaust memoirs. Oh gosh. Um, but and I'm going to mangle this because I'm a few beers deep. But um, but like there's a, a Holocaust theologian, like a Jewish theologian, who talks about any theology that cannot stand up to being confronted with. 
a dying child. Mm. And the language, the actual language is darker than that, but mm. we'll leave it for that for the moment. But any any theology that cannot sit with a dying child is not worth its merit. Mm. It's not it's not real. Yeah. Um and that yeah, for both of us, what is our, 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 when we've had to pick and choose about the kind of like the God up there and the transcendent and the beautiful possibilities and not that we deny beautiful possibilities, but it's it's had to be able to sit with whatever we believe has had to be able to be road tested in the lives of people that we care about yeah. in our own lives. Yeah. And our fidelity will always be, you know, we've both been drawn to having a fidelity to speaking honestly about the arbitrariness of life and yes. how shit things, things can be and trying to find meaning and goodness and joy and hope and possibility in the midst of that, not bracketing that out as some failure or some anomaly mm. that, you know, can be pushed to the side so that we can hold together this divine, this beautiful image of the divine mm. that doesn't have to dirty its feet and mm. the realities of life. Mm. And yeah, and I think that's a huge part of the kind of core of our friendship. Even the stuff that we don't always land on the same page on, it's still driven by the same things mm. like that. Like I care more about the lives of people than about protecting God. Yeah. Or the church. Or the church. Or I mean, no different right the church. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Mm. But, and I don't think those things are mutually exclusive. Mm. But sometimes I think you have to choose between visions of God. Mm. Like it gets awkward when you bring the deaths of children into conversation. Mm. It gets awkward when you bring unbearable and unreasonable and unnecessary suffering. Mm into the conversation. But if God can't be present with that, then what's the fucking point? Mm. Like, like if God doesn't care about those people as much as protecting God's reputation for the, being the one who makes things everything better mm. and makes life great, then mm -hmm. I would rather be left behind with the, with the dregs. Like, yeah. Yeah. Are we speaking slowly enough now that it's probably the end that of the means podcast? This, that means this yeah. is the end, yeah. 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 Anyway, it's been lovely having you here. It's been good being here. Mm. Thank you for having this conversation. Yeah. So there you have it. My conversation with Shane in our last episode of 2023. A huge thank you as well to Reese Michelle, who, who have right from the very beginning of episode one uh, just has volunteered to take all of these files for no compensation and zhuzh them and massage them so that they end up sounding good in your ears when you listen to them. So thank you, Reese. We'll be back in 2024. So until next time.